Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Well, we're so glad everybody can be with us today on our podcast. Today, uh, on the podcast that comes out on Wednesday, it's always focused on retirement in action. And we really think about that from taking maybe things that we have in our, our practice or maybe the last interview that we just went through and trying to say, how do we actually put that into action? In fact, one of the things that uh, Merce and I talk about all the time is that we want to have a retirement plan that looks at the whole picture. Well, how do you look at the whole picture? How do you put all that together? Um, Merce, uh, in our partnership, he's the one who really does a lot of the planning when it comes to that retirement plan that, that deals with the with the actual income. So, Merce, can you just give us a little bit of an idea about kind of what that does for somebody having that kind of um, uh, program and what it'll give them in, in, in action so they can put it into place? Yeah, yeah. The beauty of the retirement income plan that we do, it's ba- it's catered to um, every individual family, and even more importantly, their own situation. So what we're able to do is put in everything about them, essentially, um, any of their income sources like Social Security or pensions um, or rental income. Uh, we're able to put in all of their assets, their expenses that they're going to be drawing off of their assets. And at the end of the day, we're able to play it out well into retirement, you know, up until age 90, 95, 100, whatever the, the client wants to see. And it helps give us a picture as to whether or not a situation is going to work. Um, We're able to run multiple different types of scenarios. So in this segment, we like to kind of see how how the last podcast that we talked about, this one in particular about mortgages, how that could apply when we are using the retirement income uh, software. So a lot of different things we can do there, and it gives us a tremendous amount of flexibility. Yeah. And in addition to the income part of it, we can actually um, look at returns. So we might, you know, somebody has a question, well, what if I should do this or do that? And then we can actually put in different returns of what the investment might uh, return on us. And then that'll help us come up with solutions. So I think that's really beneficial. So on this retirement action that we do every week, we always bring on Morgan Dunn, who is the chief operating officer here in our office. And she kind of facilitates the questions that we want to go over and apply from whatever it is that we're going to be talking about. And this week, we are going to kind of do a little bit of uh, some things around what we interviewed uh, Tammy Rowe on Monday. Uh, but, but Morgan, can you go ahead and get us started so we can have a nice conversation around this idea of mortgages and how, what we should do with them? Sure. One of the things we talked about was, was purchasing a second home. So what should we, uh, what's important to consider uh, in or nearing retirement when you're in or nearing retirement about buying a second home? So I'll kind of uh, open that up and then we'll turn it over to Mer. So we have that question come up quite a bit and somebody comes in and they say, hey, look, I've got this home that I live in now. It's paid for. And we're thinking about buying a house in the mountains. We're thinking about buying a house at the beach. And uh, a lot of times that question is twofold. 
Um, at one time, some it might be the affordability, meaning it, how is that going to affect my retirement plan? The other one could be, uh, what is it in a good investment or not? So that, that's really a dual question. But there's a lot of reasons why people do it. And I think this is something just important for people to think through before we get into the numbers. Is sometimes people do it and they say, you know what? I've retired, I now have small grandchildren, and I just feel that it's really important that I build memories with them. And I I think it's important, I want it to be a place that we can go out, I can have my children, have their children come in, and we can all be there together. They can use it when I'm not there. And so it's really an emotional question, but then in that circumstance, it's all about, well, can I afford it? How's it gonna affect my retirement plan? So Merce, can you take us through like kind of a step-by-step of what we would do in that particular situation when it comes to the retirement plan. Yeah. Yeah. So the retirement plan is going to answer the question of affordability. Um, Basically what we would like to see is, you know, in the retirement plan, we have the ability to break out. Let's say you already have a primary home that has a mortgage on it, or it doesn't have a mortgage on it. uh, But you have these expenses that you have throughout the month. And then, so what is the impact going to be, say, if we add in another mortgage for a second home? So we're going to ask, you know, maybe you've already found that house and you know what that mortgage payment is going to be. We'll put that number in, whatever it is, we'll put it in and we're going to run it as a fixed, um, fixed addition to the expenses for say, you know, depending on your, your term, maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever you have it mortgaged for uh, and see if it's affordable. When I say affordable, what's the impact going to be um, as far as our cash flows, a, a drawdown on the overall retirement assets, and is it going to impact you know the projection as far as are we going to run out of money or not? Um, another way that we could look at it is well, what if we want to buy that in cash? Well, where is the cash going to come from? We have some assets uh, that we have gathered over the years and saved, and now we're thinking about buying a second house and we want to buy it for cash. So maybe we maybe we want to draw the the uh, the the payment or the the ability to buy the house from, let's say, a taxable account that we have a sizable amount there. And so if we reduce that taxable account by say $200,000, for that second house to buy in cash, well, what type of inca- impact is that going to have on the, the bottom line as far as, you know, when is it, it, does it put us in a situation of running out of money? So we can run multiple iterations and it's not just limited to that, you know, a second home, that's a common one, but you know, what if it's, um, what if it is uh, just redoing things at the current home or putting in a pool or something like that? So we have a ton of flexibility as far as what we can do with the retirement income software. So Merce, I just want to follow up on that and ask you a question and just because I know all these different things we've dealt with on that. So let's say that a person has this plan they're going to buy this house. They're going to withdraw it from assets, just like you just talked about. And one way to look at it is maybe they don't run out of money, but they got less money. And we always typically use age 90. So what do the assets look like at age 90? So maybe they've got plenty of cash left, but maybe they're going to have a little bit less that's making them uncomfortable. And they say, well, here's my plan. I want to buy this house, keep the house for maybe 15, 20 years, build all those memories, and then sell the house, bring that cash back in, can we illustrate that? Yeah. Yeah. And we do that quite a bit, actually, because, you know, sometimes people do want to keep two houses, but a lot of times the situation is, I don't want, you, know, you may want to have it for some time, but not for the entirety of your life. So you do decide to get rid of that second house. And the way that we can illustrate that is pretty much we will uh, take the cash asset out of, say, an account to go buy the house and then illustrate it coming back in 
essentially when we put it back up for sale, say 10, 15, 20 years later, we put it back up for sale. And we're going to assume a couple things there. We'll probably assume a tiny bit of appreciation on that second house. So maybe a couple percent growth on that house, on that real estate. Um, and we'll just put that back in. Um, so say, say you've got a situation where they've got a million bucks, all right, in different accounts. And we're going to take 300000 out of that account this year. So they're down to 700000 but they also have this $300,000 property that they just bought. And now 15, 20 years from now, let's say that house actually sells for 400,000. Well, we can put that right back in and all of a sudden the plan looks really great again. So um, we can absolutely illustrate a short-term buy uh, of a second property. And, and ultimately what we're trying to help the person make a decision on is, is this viable? And I will tell you that many times that we've seen it where somebody's thinking about this, maybe the, maybe one person in the family is thinking, I want to do this. Another person's going, can we do it? And when we put those numbers out there and they both feel comfortable with it, now all of a sudden they go, I got a plan. And now I can move forward because we've got real knowledge. And that, that's the power of having something where you put it into a plan and put it in front of you. So just wanted to spend a little bit of time on that. Sorry if I took up too much time, Morgan, before you got to ask your next question. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, Get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. Now, another question that comes up a lot, especially in regards to home purchases or, or mortgages is, should someone pay off a mortgage? They're in or nearing retirement. Should I just go ahead and pay this off to get rid of that portion? Well, and we get that all the time. So, you know, I always start off with this um, as I'm talking to folks and I say, look, first of all, paying off the mortgage sometimes is purely emotional, meaning I just don't want that payment anymore. I'm close. I only owe, I don't know, $100,000, $150,000, whatever it might be. And I've got the cash. I got it in savings. I'm now retiring and I don't want the house payment anymore. And so that's just an emotional thing. But then they'll say, does it make financial sense? And there's a couple of different ways that we do it. One is with the retirement analyzer that we just talked about with uh, that Merce just described. And I'll let him kind of walk you through what we do in that area. But one first step is to look at what I call cash flow, the return of cash flow more than the return on the money. Because here's what people say sometimes on that. They'll say, I've got a mortgage. The, the rate on the mortgage is only three and a half percent. But I'm only making maybe in my cash a percent or two or maybe I'm making two or three and I'm trying to make a decision as which one is better for me. Because if I pay the house off, I'm taking money over here that's maybe the low interest rate and I'm doing it over here. And that's one way to look at it. But the way I look at it is this way. What is your payment? And then we can come up with what, the, what amount of cash it would take to generate that kind of cash flow. Let me use an example. A person owes $100,000 on their house. The rate or the interest rate is only three and a half percent. But I say, what is your principal and interest payment? And they say it's $700.
if it's $700, that's over a 7% cash flow. So now I ask this question, do you think that if you took $100,000, put it somewhere, you could get a 7% guaranteed cash flow off of it? And they say, absolutely not. Well, then the math is pretty easy. Pay the house off. Because as soon as you pay the house off, it is as if you just brought in 7% cash flow on that 100,000. You took 100,000 in the bank that was only giving you two. You went and paid off a mortgage and it all of a sudden gave you $700 a month of cash flow in the house. And once we look at it that way, it just makes, uh, it's like a no brainer. But Merce, can you walk through how we do that within the retirement? Analog? And by the way, I just want to preface this so you can think about it. You know, somebody might say, I'm not going to pay it off this year, but I'm going to pay it off in two years. And, and how do we do that in the retirement analyzer? Right. So um, pretty much we're going to look at it very similar to the way that Raiden just explained. So cash flow is king when it comes to retirement. You want to have enough dollars coming in. And sometimes that mortgage can be a strain on, on your monthly cash flow from a retirement perspective. So we'll illustrate maybe that mortgage is $1,000 a month. And so we will uh, run two different scenarios. One, keeping the mortgage in there. And ultimately what we're looking at, keeping all things equal is what is our asset value at say age 90. And then we'll compare it to taking out that mortgage payment of $1,000 a month, which in, in all essence, what that does is increase your cash flow, which means you're reducing the draw off of your retirement assets. And we'll compare it to the original scenario. So which one at the end of the day, do you have more assets left over with? A lot of times it's not a tremendous difference, but sometimes it is. So it comes back to, um, you know, we're going to make that decision first off of, is it financially uh, a good move? to pay off the house. And then second, well, you know, from a cash flow perspective, doesn't matter. And then if it is, if it's a wash, well, then it comes back to what Raiden said. It's an emotional decision. Just getting rid of that makes you feel good and it's not going to hurt you financially. Then we'll point you in that direction. Uh, for the situation of somebody thinking about doing it in a couple years, well, we can illustrate that too. We can say, you know, here's what the expenses are now with that mortgage, but let's assume that mortgage expense goes away in two years or in five years or in seven years, or maybe it'll just be paid off by then and we'll illustrate the mortgage going away um, through monthly payments. So once again, a lot of different iterations we can run there. All right. Thank you. We did talk about purchasing a second home, but what if instead of buying a second home, you're considering a retirement community? Does that change anything? Yeah. So with the retirement community, depending upon what we're talking about there, uh, we've deal with this very regular. Um, if this is a particular um, type of a community where we're talking about, you know, this is where we're going to have the certain phases throughout where we've got independent living that then becomes, uh, in all essence, um, home health care, and then transitions into um, assisted living and then transitions into even a nursing home. A lot of times those types of places either have a huge waiting list um, and you might have to put it in and wait for two or three years before you can get in. Um, but they also will require money going into it as a down payment in all essence to put yourself on that list. Mm -hmm. And that can vary from one place to the other. Um, also, you've got to kind of make increment payments as you get closer to that actual date. And so the big thing there is, is where is the cash going to come from? And 
typically um, in this scenario, a person potentially has a house that they own today that's paid off. They owe nothing on it. And what they're going to do is when they sell that house, their mind is I'm going to use the sale of that house to go buy into this retirement community into this facility that, or this particular community that lets me transition throughout those different phases of life. And so they go, wait a minute, I don't have that cash yet. When I sell my house, I'm going to have this reinflux of cash. So Merce, can you walk us through that scenario of what we would do there? Like what the mentality of a person would be, maybe where they might take the cash from and then how they're going to replenish it. Yeah. So this is actually pretty fresh in my mind. Uh, we've been doing these scenarios for a couple of different clients that are in this exact situation. And so uh, like Raiden said, you know, a lot of these places they're going to ask for a, uh, an initial down payment to basically firm your spot on that list, and that may be let's just call it ten percent. All right, so we will put that in to the uh, retirement analyzer and say, okay, this ten percent is going to go out of our asset base over to the company. The next part of that is at some point, typically about a year from that 10% payment, they're going to ask for another 40% to get you to being 50% into that buy-in. So we're going to illustrate that as well. Whatever that number is, we'll say, okay, basically the retirement assets have cut a check for another 40% into this uh, retirement community. <clears throat> then and, uh, another part is the, the last payment, which is another 50%. We'll show that as well. But it's not all done usually once you do these buy-ins. So say you've bought in, but now you have a monthly expense there, kind of like rent. So you no longer have the mortgage, but you are now picking up rent uh, to stay in this community. So we also have to think about that from a cash flow perspective. We have to have the ability for our assets to actually pay that monthly, uh, monthly additional rent to the, to the retirement community. So a lot of things that are moving there that we can work through and kind of illustrate. And then oftentimes, uh, usually you're moving into a place like this because you want to be taken care of at the, at typically at times when it's get, when health gets difficult. So when health gets difficult, there's also increased expenses there. So we can show someone, maybe they move in there at age 75, but they're worried about by the time that they hit 82, 83, 84, that they're going to have an additional expense for extra call it long-term care expenses. Um, so we can also illustrate that. Uh, the biggest thing is we need, we need the information as far as what the numbers are, what the monthly rent's going to be, what the buy-in is going to be, uh, but we can do that. And then uh, as far as the affordability part of it, we take a look at you know what assets do we have that are actually, from a tax perspective, advantageous to use. Uh, and so we'll, take, we'll simulate um, a chunk of money coming out of an investment account, typically not an IRA account because that's a lot of taxes due on a big payment. Um, so we'll typically simulate that. Well, we can also show um, that that situation where you know you do the buy-in, but then at some point your house that you live in currently actually sells and replenishes uh, some of your retirement assets that you use for the buy-in. So uh, a lot that can be done there. Very nice. We got, are we good on questions there, Morgan? I think that's all I have. Well, very good. Well, we hope this has been of benefit. We, you know, just trying to think it all through. Um, and we appreciate you coming on and listening to our retirement in action. We hope that uh, we'll be able to talk to you again next week and give you some more uh, ideas about how to have a retirement plan that looks at the whole picture. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. 
If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.